come on and give God some praise because he is absolutely worthy. He is absolutely worthy of our praise. He's worthy of our praise. Now, listen, I'm going to be picking up last week. We began to talk about God's supernatural system of supply. And if you were here last week, you know that that was an incredibly powerful teaching. And it's funny because I feel like that when we teach together, Pastor Edwin usually gets a lot of the questions. But this week, I got a lot of questions and a lot of input about that teaching. And I'm going to kind of work some of those things into this teaching because I think that it's so important. I want you to understand this. Um, just some things you need to write down. We talk a lot of, in this church about not despising repetitive teaching because faith comes from hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing, not from having heard. Faith does not come from memorization. Faith comes when the word becomes alive to us and that life of the word begins to produce transformation in our life. So literally the word of God is designed to become life, to push any dead thing out of our lives. Now think about that. Poverty is a dead thing because poverty did not come from God. When God created Adam and Eve and put them in the garden, there was no poverty. There was no lack. There was ins no insufficiency. There was absolute abundance. One of the most fascinating things to me about the creation story is that they had gold in a place that they didn't need gold to trade. Why? Because God is just such a good God and he has always wanted us to have the best. He has always wanted us to be provided for. You can look at Genesis 1 and 2 and see that God wants us to be provided for. Now, last week we did a recap and we talked about how seed time and harvest is God's supernatural system of supply. Put that in the comments. Seed time and harvest, it is God's supernatural system of supply. The kingdom of God is run by seed. The kingdom of God is run by seed. Even salvation requires a seed. What did John 3.16 say? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, giving, he gave a seed. So that whosoever, I'm a whosoever, you're a whosoever, believeth in him should not perish, but should have everlasting life. So God could not just offer us everlasting life after Adam um, committed treason with the enemy and gave up his authority to the earth, to the enemy. So he had to offer a seed. Now think about it. If God used a seed to change your eternity, then you can use a seed to change your right now. Did you hear what I just said? If God used a seed to change your identity, to change your eternity, to change your nature, to change your forever, then you can use a seed to change your life right now. Now, I want to be very clear. I want to be very clear. And I want everybody to put this in the comment. I am talking about money. I absolutely am talking about money. And I want to be clear about this because if you follow this ministry, you know that number one, we're always talking about obeying God. 
We are always talking about renewing your mind. And in totality, we are talking about total life prosperity, meaning the blessing of the Lord maketh rich and adds no sorrow. But I think that it is important for me to say I am talking about money because Pastor Edwin and I actually, when we track it, 90% of the requests we get every week are about money. 90% of the requests we get every week are about money. We get some requests to pray for healing. We get some requests to pray for people's kids. We get some requests to pray for marriage, but mainly the requests that we get are about money. So that we need to be aware that the lack of money is an issue among believers. The lack of money is an issue among believers, but it should not be so. The lack of money. How many of you have had money to tell you no? How many of you have had money to tell you that you could not go, what you could, how, what you could not sow? How many of you have had money to tell you what your the activities your kids couldn't have, the vacation that you could not take? But God never intended for money to be the boss of us. And the only way for us to break this cycle is for us to come fully into the kingdom of God. We must totally renew our minds about how God sees seed. We must totally renew our minds. It's the one of the reasons that Pastor Elman and I, we love Romans 12 and 2. It says what? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can prove what is that good, perfect, and acceptable will of God. How many of you know that you can be saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, talking in tongues, laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover and still broke? How many of you know that you can be out here trying to be the nicest, kindest, best person that you can be and still be broke? We, the only way to deal with poverty is to get off of the world system, which means we must fully acknowledge that God has a system called seed, time, and harvest. Now, I want to go back to Genesis 8 and 22. Genesis 8 and 22 in the Amplified. Because this is our foundational scripture or one of our foundational scriptures that we can understand that seed time and harvest still works. That seed time and harvest is not old school. That seed time and harvest is not um, obsolete and that you are not the exception to seed time and harvest. It says Genesis 8 and 22, it says, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, Summer and winter and day and night shall not cease. How many of you know that we're experiencing day and night every day? And if you're in Arkansas, we're experiencing cold and heat even in just this week, right? What else is in that? Sea, time, and harvest shall not cease. So if you are still in the world, and I assume that you're watching because you're in the world, then you need to know that seed, time, and harvest still works. Can you put that in the comments? Seed, time, and harvest still works. What do we need to understand about seed, time, and harvest? Because we have to have the right perception of it. See, the law of seed, time, and harvest is how God gets provision to his children. 
It is how God gets provision to his children. Now, we talked last week that when Adam chose to disobey God, he put earth and humanity under the dominion of Satan. And that's where poverty entered the world. And so as a result, God had to have a way to get progress, uh, to get um, prosperity to us, to get increase to us. Even though we're in the world, we use that scripture. We says that Satan is the God of this world. Our God is the God of everything. But until the lease is up, God, Satan is the God of this world, which means that his system is dominant. So if I don't want to live under the dominance of his poverty system, I must participate in God's system. Does that make sense to you guys? If I don't want, Satan is temporarily the God of this world. If I do not want to live under his dominion of poverty, scarcity, lack, insufficiency, inflation, then I must renew my mind and I must operate in the kingdom of God. That's why Matthew 6 and 33, it says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of the things will be added unto you. Now turn and tell your virtual neighbor, God knows you need things. God knows you need things. God is not crazy. He knows you need rent money. He knows that you need mortgage. He knows that you need gas. He knows that your kids need clothes. He knows that you need a vacation. Yes, you need a vacation because you need an opportunity to rest. He knows that you need those things. So what is God's way of getting us those things? Everybody say it loud. Seed, time, and harvest. That is God's system. That is God's system. And those of us, you remember last week, Pastor Aaron and I were talking, we were talking about how broke we used to be when we were sowing. So when we're telling you to sow, it is not that we don't understand the pressure and the limitations that the world has placed on you to make you think that you cannot afford to sow. But it is exactly that reason that you must decide to be a sower. Why? Because how many of you have ever gotten a raise and that raise didn't change your life? How many of you have ever gotten a large sum of money and that money didn't change your life? Because in this system, in this system, number one, the devil has no interest in making a believer wealthy. He wants to give money to those who are going to do his bidding. You've already decided that you're not going to do his bidding. So he has no interest in putting wealth in your hands. And even when he does put wealth in unbelievers' hands, he does it for the purpose to steal, kill, and destroy because all he can do is steal, kill, and destroy because he is a terrorist. And so we have to come into supernatural living. And supernatural living is the lifestyle of seed, time, and harvest. Is this tracking for you guys? Listen, can you share this with somebody? I know you know somebody who is a believer who's struggling financially. I know you know somebody who is a believer who is like, it's got to be better. It's got to be more than this. It's, and there is more than this, but being a believer, accepting Jesus 
does not exempt me from the process. If I don't participate in the law of seed time and harvest, I am not going to get what God has provided for me. Now, this is really important because one of the questions that people ask almost every time we ever teach is, does seed, does money, does seed have to be money? Well, it depends on what you want to harvest. When you want to harvest a human, what kind of seed do you need? When you want to harvest friendship, what kind of seed do you need? When you want to harvest favor, what kind of seed do you need? The Bible tells us everything reproduces after its own kind. So we need to understand that it is also a deception that the enemy tries to put on the minds of believers that you are going to sow something besides money and get money when your goal is to harvest money. Is this making sense? Because this is really important, right? So let me tell you, um, they pulled the scripture up. Let's look at it. It says, then said, the God said, let the, let the earth produce plants. Some to make grain for seeds and others to make fruits with seeds in it. Every seed will produce more of its own kind. Every seed will produce more of its own kind. Now, before we jump, you know, more into the teaching, I want to answer some of the questions that people ask me this week. And maybe these were questions that you have had in your lifetime. Um. One of the things that we need to understand is that seed time and harvest is a lifestyle, not a one-time event. Seed time and harvest is a lifestyle, not a one-time event. Can you put that in the comments? Seed time and harvest is a lifestyle, not a one-time event. Why is it important for us to know that? Because if you don't foundationally understand seed time and harvest, What's going to happen or what probably has already happened to you is you have been in a service or you have been on a live teaching and someone has told you to sow and you thought that because you sold one time, you thought that one seed was going to produce a tremendous harvest. Will anybody admit that that's what they've had thought before? That that's what you you that's that that's what you've taken away. That if we said right now, hey, we're gonna sow a seed. That you believe that if you sow a seed today, that 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 everything is gonna change tomorrow. And and we need to understand it's a lifestyle, not a one time event. Kim says me, Kim, you're not the only one. You may be the only person who will admit it, but you are not the only one. Tierra came along with you and said that. Why? Because the way it sometimes is presented is that when somebody says sow a seed that you think, hey, you're going to sow $5 today and you're going to get $500 tomorrow. And could it happen? Yes, all things are possible, but it typically doesn't happen that way, which is why the Bible tells us when the clouds are full, they will release. I believe that's Isaiah 55, that when the clouds are full, they will release. But it's also why in Ecclesiastes, it tells us to cast your bread up on the waters for you will find it after many days. Hey, guys, I don't know if that scripture is in today's notes, but can you find Ecclesiastes 11 and 1 for us? Because I think that this is really because we want to fix this because we need to understand while they're looking for that scripture. Can somebody say this? Seed time and harvest is supernatural, but it's not magic. 
Seed time and harvest is supernatural, but it's not magic. Seed time and harvest is supernatural, but it's not a slot machine. And I believe that one of the reasons that so many believers have been frustrated when it comes to seed time and harvest is that, um, can you give me, uh, I know you gave me NIV. Can you give me King James instead? Um, I know, I can you, do you understand what I'm saying? Can you see the frustration that you have had sometimes? Because somebody says, sow a seed but you don't have a full understanding. And so you are expecting, I'm going to give this $5. And because I give this $5, somebody's immediately going to put $500 in my hand, or I'm going to give this $50 and somebody's immediately going to give me $5,000 or even worse. When I have a mindset that this is magic or a slot machine, it's like I think I can make something happen. So I'm in a service and things get emotionally high and somebody says there should be a $1,000 seed and you don't really have a $1,000. And not only do you not really have a $1,000, you don't have a nudging from the Holy Spirit that that word even applies to you. But you're like, oh my goodness, I don't have enough to pay my bills. I'm gonna do this and make something happen. Can you tell your neighbor that's not how seed time and harvest works? And that's why so many people have been disappointed. If this is tracking, if you're like, hey, this is making sense to me, then I need you to engage and I need you to say, hey, no, I understand. And this is why I have been frustrated because we got to we got to clear this thing up because the Bible tells us in Proverbs and all by getting get an understanding. Now, let's go back here to Ecclesiastes and let's look at what it says, which is how we can know that this is supposed to be a lifestyle. It's not magic. It's not a casino. It says, cast thy bread upon the waters, for you will find it after many days. That is an indication today that what I sow today, I'm not going to see the harvest of that tomorrow. And I think this is what people miss is that the, in reality, if you get, if you sow a seed today, and I know you will because we're 100% tithing church and 100% serving church. The harvest you get today, it is the if you get harvest if you sow today and you get harvest today, um, the harvest today is not from the seed that you sowed today. Why? The whole principle is seed time and harvest. Come on and give God some praise because you got to get this understanding because if you don't get this understanding, many of you are like, I have been sowing. Pastor I've been sowing for the last month. Yes, you've been sowing for the past month, but is your cloud full? Because it doesn't release until your cloud is full. Let's keep going. I want to stay in Ecclesiastes for a second. It says, give a portion to seven and also to eight, for thou knowest not what evil shall be on the earth. How Can you see that seed time and harvest is God's system for supernatural provision? I need you to understand this. Do you notice that he didn't say work seven jobs, maybe even eight? That he didn't say work seven hustles and maybe even eight? Because you don't know what evil is going to be on the earth. Do you notice that he didn't say join team grind and team no sleep? Because you don't know what evil is going to be on the earth. He says give. Everybody say give. Give. Give a portion to seven and also to eight. 
for thou knowest not what evil shall be on the earth. He's letting you know that lack and insufficiency and prevent and and and, 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 and poverty they don't come from God, and He considers them evil. God considers poverty. There is enough provision in this world for all almost 8 billion people. But the enemy has set this mindset up that we think that there is not enough. And he uses things like fear to control the market, to greed, to control, to make it a capitalistic society where I'm willing to get rich off you. And I don't care whether you have enough provision. So he says, I did not call you to be tied to this system. Now, I want you to put this in the comments. God will use your job, but he is not limited to your job. God will use your job, but he is not limited to your job. Now, we're going to stay in Ecclesiastes, but let's do a little mind renewal here. How many of you realize and can honestly own that you don't look at your seed to determine what you can do? You look at your job. Just say, ouch, don't say amen, because we don't want to come into agreement with it. When we're talking about going, coming to the huddle, many of you don't use your seed to get to the huddle. What you use is what? Your job. Now, let's keep going. Let's go to verse three, because we breaking free today. It says, if the clouds be full of rain, oh, I was wrong. This is in Ecclesiastes. They empty themselves on the earth. And if the tree fall forward to the south or the toward the north to the place where it would fall and there it shall be. Let's go to verse four. He that observes the wind shall not sow and he that regarded the clouds shall not reap. Tell me what this means, guys. We just doing us a good, I don't have Pastor Strick here to talk to me today, so y'all got to talk to me today. He that observes the wind shall not sow. You tell me what kind of wind stops you from sowing. Even if it doesn't stop you now, put in the comments what kind of weed, wind stops you from sowing. Now, we, I think it's so interesting because Peter walks on water as long as he doesn't look at the wind. I love what Seconda said. Watching the wind is looking at your checkbook. Kim says watching the wind is bills. What's the wind? What is the distraction? What is the distraction that keeps you from sowing? Unexpected expenses, something breaks down, low bank balance. Go back to the scripture. What does it tell us? Fear of not having enough to pay your bills. It says, but if you observe the wind, you won't sow. So the enemy uses those things to get us not to sow so he can keep us in his system. Does that make sense? If he can use an unexpected bill, if he can use that your kids are growing, if he can use your credit score to get you to disobey God, he can keep you under the pressure of his system. 
And that is the reason I'm about to help some of you that anytime you get consistent sewing, it is like the world goes to hell in a handbasket. Have you ever had it happen? This is where Pastor Ellen is always talking about. You got to pass the sewing test. You got to pass the choke level. It is not that we don't experience wind. It is that we begin to understand that the strategy of the wind is to get me to make myself an exception. I know Pastor Ellen and Pastor Sean said this is 100% tithing church, but they don't understand that I'm a single mom. They don't understand that I just got a divorce. They don't understand that I just started a business. They don't understand. They have more than I have. No, every believer must pass the test. Now, this, now I love this because the Bible says, stay in Ecclesiastes. The Bible says that all things work together for the good of them who love the Lord and are called according to the purpose. So understand this. The enemy intentionally, the enemy goes, wait a minute, look at Tierra and they family. They about to get out of my system. I don't want them out of my system. Bills, breakdown unexpected expenses because I want to put enough pressure on Kristen and Courtney and Lisa and Tamara. I want to put enough pressure on them that they will abandon God's system. How many of you just want to repent right now? If I can put enough pressure on them, if I can put enough pressure on them, they will quit on God and they will live according to to their salary. And if they live according to their salary, I can keep them grinding and hustling and broke for the rest of their lives. The Bible says, if the thief be caught, he must repay. He says, now he that observes the wind shall not sow, and he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. So what we need to understand is that there will be pressure when we choose to leave the world system. There will be pressure. Why? Because he comes, come on, Pastor Strick, to steal, kill, and destroy. And he does not want, listen, he don't care that you go to church as long as you broke. Why? Because the gospel needs to be preached to the entire earth. And it's people, in your, it's people in your town who need groceries and they need rent pay. And he wants you to just feel bad because it's nothing you can do. I love what Lisa said. She said, I'm taking a new position. I got to lean in when the wind and the clouds come. Now, I'm going to give you guys a little, a, a little tip because I just I want to help you. There may be times that you don't feel like you have a lot to sow. And in the natural, you don't have a lot to sow. And that is when you need to use the back-breaking power of a small seed. Because the seed is small to you. It, the, the seed is small in money, but it's big to you. One of my favorite testimonies is that we have, have had a, a member of our church several years ago and they um we had they had moved and um they had some back pay that was due to them and the money was not coming in and everything was against them and their company was fighting them and they were down to their last say very last they were down to their very last and they were on their way to church 
And as they were walking into the church, they looked down and they saw 13 cents on the ground. I'll always remember this because at that time, 13 cents was enough to get a pack of Roman noodles. She said she picked the money up and she said, oh, I can eat today. I can I can go and buy a pack of Roman noodles. And the Lord said, or you could give it to me. And she now who said it? Who said it? Because this is the other thing, too. I got to learn how to hear from God and not hear an emotionalism. And get hyped up because some preacher told me, even if you're in a service and they ask for a thousand dollar offering, I don't have nothing against that. But you ought to sow a thousand dollars because you heard God say it. Maybe it comes from my voice first, but you ought to be to hear the voice behind my voice that is God telling you to do it. Anyway, the Lord gave her a specific instruction because she said, Lord, I don't want to bring 13 cents to you. She was used to being a really big giver. She had had a really good job, all of these different things. So Roman noodles are God. Come on, Pastor Strick. What is it for you that is that or God? Chick-fil-A or God? Starbucks or God? A Target run or God? And so she, um, he told her, he said, she, she's so ashamed to bring this 13 cents. And he said to her, he said, when it, because we used to bring the offering at that time. He said, when you bring that 13 cent, I want you to bring it like it's the biggest seed you've ever sown. How many of you know it was the biggest seed she had ever sown? That's why you cannot get caught up in the amount. Realistically, how many of you know that that was the biggest seed that she had ever sown? She had given bigger amounts before, but she had never sown a seed like that before. She had never sown a seed before that was in between her eating and obeying God. Baby, can I tell you, she danced and brought that offering and brought it with smiling. Four or five days later, she called me. She said, Pastor Sean, I got to tell you my testimony. This money that they had literally been withholding from her, I think it was like six months they had been withholding from her. They released all of the money in a lump sum plus interest. She was able to pay off her car from that money. She was able to pay off a furniture bill from that money. And then she got a job making more money than um than what she had been making in the past. They did somebody say all they released all of her money. But she gave her all based on a word from God. Now, listen, I'm going to keep going, but y'all tell me what y'all got from that so far. Because here's the thing. Seed time and harvest is so life-changing. I cannot afford for you to be emotionally driven on this. You got to be sober-minded and you got to be sound. And the reason that you have to be sober-minded and sound, see, that 13 cent made her cloud fool. That 13 cent opened up the windows of heaven for her and caused, but see, you got to know that you heard God. You got to know that you heard God, but I got to tell y'all this. We're going to keep going. I need you to understand that if you have never decided to be a giver, it's going to be, you're going to be hard pressed to hear God. You're going to be hard pressed to hear God because you never go think he's talking to you. 
It don't matter whether he say it, whether the angel say it, whether your spouse say it. Why? Because you're so gripped with fear that you're not going to have enough. And the only way to break the power of the enemy is you got to come out of his system. Let's go to verse five. It says, as thou knowest not what is the way of the spirit, nor how the bones do grow in the womb of her that is with child, even so thou knowest not the works of God who maketh all. This just simply means you don't know how God is going to do it. You don't know how God is going to do it. And can I say something that will make your life better? It ain't your business how God is going to do it. God is not obligated to tell you how he's going to do it. God doesn't owe you to have a leadership meeting with you to say, Edwin, if you give this way, I'm going to do these things to cause increase to come onto you. It's my responsibility to say, God, I surrender to you and to do it, right? And, 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 and to let God be God. You don't know how God is going to do it. God has a million ways to get your harvest to you. You've limited your harvest by your job. You've limited your harvest by your husband's job or your wife's job. I love what Pastor Nietzsche said. You are not God's advisor. I think we should all just say that in the first person. I am not God's advisor. I am not God's advisor. I am not God's advisor. Now let's go to verse six. It says, in the morning, sow thy seed, and in the evening withhold not thy hand, for thou knowest not whether shall prosper, either this or that, or whether they shall both be good alike. So he says, the reason I tell you to sow is because there is evil on the earth that wants to keep you trapped in poverty. Now, let me redefine poverty for you again. If you don't have enough to do everything that God has called you to do, you have to own that as poverty. Because many times what we do is we get in middle class and we get in a better situation and we get comfortable. But God is not trying to stop us there. He wants to take us beyond. He wants to take us to higher and higher levels. Why? Because one, he loves us. And two, there is so much to do. Tell your neighbor, there is too much kingdom work to do for me to be broke. There is too much kingdom work for me to do to be broke. Now, can y'all go to 2 Corinthians? It should be in the notes, 2 Corinthians in the M5. Before you go there, let's jump on over here to Luke 6 and 38. Because we got to walk this because we got to understand this. In Luke 6 and 38, what does it say? It says, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, press down. Shaken together and running over shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you give it out, it shall be measured to you. Now, I think this is another place where people get stuck. I think that, again, most people would not see her 13 cents as significant. For the same measure that you measure it out, it shall be measured out to you. Let me ask you this. This is the question. Is your seed significant to you? Is it significant to you? It can be 13 cents. It can be $1. Somebody can give $10,000, but it wasn't significant to them. He says, and however you measure it out, it's how it's going to be measured back to you. No, I love it, Pastor. And when she gave all and she harvested all. 
So once you are obeying God and your seed is significant to you, don't minimize your seed with your words. Get rid of that raggedy language. All it is is just $5. All it is is just $10. I think I said this last week. There are typically two types of sowers that we're talking about. There are typically two types of sowers we're talking about. There are people that you are sowing small, significant seeds, They, but they are significant to you. But there are those of you that the Lord has called you to come up in your sowing. And you're like, why is my income capped? Why is my increase capped? Because you are not passing the choke level test that when God, see 13 cent was choke level for her, but 13 cents isn't choke level for everybody on this broadcast. What is God asking you for that you are so afraid to give that you keep allowing the enemy to hold you in poverty, to hold you in scarcity? Come on, somebody say, I'm coming out. I'm coming out. I'm coming out. Now, if you remember in Ecclesiastes, don't go back there. It says, sow in the morning and withhold not your hand in the evening, which indicates that God always intended us to sow for a living, not work for a living. That we were to sow for a living and that we were for to work for purpose. I'm going to keep saying that because that's the will of God, that you should sow for a living and you should work for purpose. I'm not saying you shouldn't get paid. I am saying that you were never designed to be capped by your salary. Is somebody getting this? Does somebody feel like something is breaking off of them this morning? You were never designed to be capped by your salary. That is why he gives you seed. We're supposed to sow for a living and work for purpose. Now, here's a question I want to ask you as we go to 2 Corinthians and Amplified. Y'all know this is my favorite scripture. I think we're doing some good work up in here today. I want to ask you this. How have you been trying to do it? Seed or salary? How have you been trying to do it? Seed or salary? Because the truth of it is, is that if many of us are honest, if we love, we, we love God, but we have not sat with this word, we have not gone from information to revelation, and we keep trying to do it by salary, and salary is going to cap us. Now, I want to be clear. I'm not telling nobody not to work. I am, in fact, one of the things that God will give you is ideas for promotion and opportunity. But I need you to hear me. Let me mess with some of you. God is not limited to um, God is not limited to salary or ideas for your business to get money to you unless you limit him that way. It's funny. I was walking the other day and he was talking to me and I just was like, um, I, I, I was like, one of my challenges with teaching this is that revelation has to come from your walk. And I was saying to the Lord, as a teaching ministry, 
What I want to be able to do is I want to be able to tell you that if you make these sacrifices, you know, we love steps in this ministry, right? What I really want to be to give you is the plan of God, but I can't because I don't know how God is going to do it. What I know is that if the cloud get full, it must release. I, I, I can't tell you how the Marlowe's are going to get are going to pay their house off. I can't tell you how the Williams are going to pay their house off. I can't tell you how the Valleys are going to pay their house off. What I can tell you is that if they will begin to sow for it and not settle for just being able to pay a monthly mortgage, they will look up and what they used to pay for a monthly mortgage will now be freed up to do whatever God tells them to do. I can't, I can't tell you the how, but I can tell you the who. I can tell you the who. I can tell you the who. And I had to own, as I've been working through this teaching, that I have not pressed in for debt freedom. I have been thankful to be able to buy most things debt free and to have the ability to continue to give and to sow with the money that comes in. But baby, I done shifted. Because I, the Lord started saying to me, he started saying stuff like this to me in October. He said, what if the only bills you had was monthly utilities and insurance? He said, what could you do in the kingdom if you didn't owe no man nothing but to love him? What could you do if you didn't have a mortgage? And then he started talking to me because really what for some of you, you only know debt freedom to equal second class sales rack and raggedy. That ain't this. That ain't this. Many of us only know debt freedom in never drinking the latte, in and, and, and shopping off of the sales rack, in never being able to take a vacation. No, no, that ain't this. That's not the kingdom. That's the best the world has to offer. That ain't what God is talking about. That ain't this. He is looking for people that will say, I will let you train me in sowing and reaping. If that's you, you ought to put it in the comments. Holy Ghost, I'll let you train me. I will let you train me. I will let you train me. I'll let you train me. I don't know this system. I ain't never lived in this system. You see that the Bible says all things are possible to those who believe. But the reality of it is, is that we got to begin to say, wait a minute. Who do I know that bought a house cash that wasn't raggedy? Who do I know that bought a car cash that wasn't $8,000? No, no, no. We got to begin to stretch and say, Holy Ghost, I'll let you train me because there is a better way to live. Is anybody getting excited about this? You ought to be giving God some praise. I'm getting stared up. Now, let's go to 2 Corinthians because you know this is my favorite giving scripture. I don't know if you have favorite giving scripture, but this is my absolute favorite giving scripture. And it is in the Amplify and it is the scripture that absolutely changed my life. Okay, let's walk through it. Are y'all getting something? Before we walk through this, tell me what your biggest takeaways are from this morning.
What's your biggest takeaways? Y'all probably don't mean it that way, but I saw several people put in the comments, Holy Spirit, um, please train me. And I, I, you probably don't mean it this way, but you ain't got to beg Holy Spirit to train you. He is chomping at the bit to train you. He don't want you living the way that you live in. This raggedy way that we've been living, this inferior way that we've been living, that um, King's kids is at the back of the line. Baby, you ain't got to beg him. He is looking for somebody. Come on, Pastor Elwood. Pastor Elwood says, let's put up Pastor Elwood's comment. You cannot look at your natural circumstances to determine if you are going to obey God in your soul. We don't live there anymore. Say anymore. We don't live there anymore. But we know the pressure of deciding whether you are going to obey God or meet your basic needs. We know that. But what we can testify to is that if you will do it, you won't live there anymore. You won't live there anymore. If you look at, do you, does anybody really see how the enemy uses wind, how he uses pressure to get you to disobey? Does anybody see that? Why? Because why do I need you to see it? Because if you can see it, you can stop being tripped up by it. I want to be clear. I'm not telling you it's not going to happen again. That's not what I'm telling you. I'm telling you I want you to be aware. I can remember the times that me and Pastor Elwin said, if they cut these lights off, we go obey God. We don't care nothing about that. Because you got to get something gangster in you, something that's fully persuaded in you that says, I won't live this way. We were willing to say to our kids, we can't buy you nothing for Christmas. We were willing to say we won't take a vacation right now. Baby, we drove a Ford Expedition so darn long that the Lord had to release us to go and buy a new car. It had 325,000 miles on it, had never had a major issue. And the people at the Ford dealership, the salespeople, they left it on the lot a few days to say to people, this is how long you can drive a Ford. But we had that anointing on us because it was more important for us to sow than, let me, let me ask you this. Is it more important for you to sow or have that target run? Is it more important for you to sow or to get your kids more stuff than they're going to do anything with for Christmas? Is it more important for you to sow or is it more important for you to be able to go out to eat for dinner? See, because those are all choices that we made. And what I can tell you is that if you will make them today, you won't make them forever. Somebody better hear what I'm saying. Come on. Nietzsche, that expedition became seed. Why? Because we was using it to get back and forth to preach the gospel. It was funny because I the other day I put my car up on, on, on the thing and it was so, I just, you know, y'all family, so I'll just tell you. The Lord was like, I want you to post your car today. He said, because you can't be ashamed of what I do in your life. You can't be ashamed of what I do in your life. And so people immediately started sending me messages and saying, congratulations on your new car. Well, the interesting thing is I've had that car for two years. And so what happened is people start saying, I want a car like that. I started responding back so forth. 
baby, I sold for that car. I didn't just sit back. I don't just if I I don't just sit back and see somebody living in a mansion and go, I want one of them. There is a seed that will produce that mansion. There is a seed that will produce that Audi. There is a seed that will produce it. Tell your neighbor there is a seed that will produce it. But what we were, what we had to learn how to do was to be willing to say we are able to tempt. They say this all the time in the world. They say this all the time in the world. In the world, when they're talking about success principles, they say, if you are willing to live, if you are willing to do what no one else will do for three to five years, you can live better than everybody else for the rest of your life. They say that. All the success programs say that. The same is true for the kingdom. If you're willing to sacrifice when nobody else will sacrifice, when everybody thinks it looks stupid. We did. We said to our kids, we said, listen, we're working on something. See, some of you are so afraid to disappoint your kids that you won't say we working on something. We working on something. We working on something. Listen, we we could take you on this vacation, but we working on a lifetime of vacations. We working on being able to leave an inheritance for our children's children. So we gonna make do with this little Caesar's pizza right now to get to the point that we can take you anywhere you want to go. Amen. Listen, let's go to St. Corinthians. Let me get over here because this is my favorite. We go. It says, remember this. He who sows sparingly and grudgingly will also reap sparingly and grudgingly. And he who sows generously that blessings may come to someone else will reap generously and with blessings. So it says, you set the standard for your harvest. Make that a first person statement. I set the standard for my harvest. I set the standard for my harvest. I set the standard for my harvest. I don't have money like Pastor Sean because I don't have a husband. I set the standard for my harvest and you set the standard for your harvest. Now, you may have not known before today. You may have thought you were the exception before today. You may have refused to obey before the day, but we both set the standard for our own harvest. How many of you know that's good news? Do you mean to tell me, this is why this scripture changed my life when I realized this. Do you mean to tell me that I can position myself that not even my husband can determine how much money I have? Baby, Pastor M was so glad when I figured this word out right here. It, babe, Pastor Elm was so glad when I figured this out. He's told you the stories before. I used to always be praying for him to get increased. I used to always be praying for him to get another job. And it was working too. And he said to me one day, he said, baby, listen, use your faith for you. Now let's keep going. Verse seven, it's going to tell me how I set this to harvest. It says, let each one give. As he has made up in his own mind and purposed in his heart, not reluctantly or sorrowfully or under compulsion. Don't click over yet. Let each one give as he has made up in his own mind. What kind of giver have you decided to be? I give when it's easy. I give when it's convenient. 
I give until my kids need something and I hate to see them suffering, even though they keep on disobeying. Oh, okay. What kind of giver let each one give as he has made up in his own mind and purposed in his heart, not reluctantly. It's why I say almost every week on strategies for success. If your chest is tight about sowing, please keep your seed. Not sorrowfully. Sorrowfully is when you have. Mm -mm, don't say it that way. Sorrowfully is when you have regret. It's like picking up somebody at the club and sleeping with them and you have regret when you see them the next morning. Sorrowfully given is when you have regret because you allow your emotions to cause you to do something God did not tell you to do. Or under compulsion. That means neither your family nor the church should ever be able to pressure you into giving. Neither your family or the church should be able to pressure you into giving. Nobody should be able to pressure you into giving. I was sitting in the service and I tell this testimony because I think it's one of the, I think it's a great testimony. I was sitting in, the, in this service one time and they were, um, and they were believing God for, no, they were begging to meet the budget because there's a difference. And the lady who was taking up the offering after she, she couldn't get people to move like she wanted them to move. So she started badgering them. So then she started saying, so some of y'all sitting here with a Louis Vuitton purse and y'all can't sew a thousand dollars. Actually, I could have sewn a thousand dollars. But when I asked the Lord what to sew, that's not the amount he gave me. So I get, so baby, I sat right there with my Louis Vuitton with the full capacity to sew a thousand dollars and beyond and did not do anything else. Cause what you not finna do is get me to give under compulsion. Let me tell you how else you not going to get me to give under compulsion. You not going to beg me out my stuff. Every time someone, Chris, oh, I show like that purse. Chris, I show like them tennis shoes. Oh, I show wish it was me. It could be you. So make the sacrifice that Chris made. I'm not giving out of compulsion. Nobody's going to give me to give out of compulsion. Why? Ain't no harvest in it. You're not, I'm not, you're not going to be, I'm not going to be preaching, listening to somebody preaching. You talking about the Lord tell you to stretch. No, the Lord told you to stretch. You stretch the seat. You do what he told you to do. What I'm going to do is what the Lord told me to do. Why? Because what happens is, is that you let people get you to give under compulsion. I'm going to talk family first. Stick with me, guys. You know, we used to go 90 minutes anyway. I'm going to let, I'm going to talk family and then I'm going to talk church. So you let your family get you to give out a compulsion. And then when things get tight, you get offended because you didn't have any money to give your sister. No way. Your money should have been in seed. That's what it should have been doing. And you let them, you know what, Shabandra, y'all make more than we do. We make more than we do. You do because we obey God. There's increase for you too. You are not, tell your neighbor, so you're not going to hustle me out of my seed or my harvest. Both of them say, so you're not finna, you fin, you're not finna hustle me out of my seed or my harvest. So now you over here side on everybody in the family, but you was the one who gave out a compulsion. 
That's why you're looking at them people who went on vacation and they didn't pay you your money back because you're the one who gave out a compulsion. Stop doing it. You ain't finna hustle me out of my seed or my harvest. Now, then the other thing, how does it happen in church is that you give because you like the preacher. I believe you should always look for an opportunity to give. But I believe you better be clear over whether that higher number came from them or God. Because then when you keep giving that higher number and you're not getting harvest, now you mad at them. But you're the one who did it. All right, let's keep going. It says, let each one give as he is made up in his own mind. What kind of giver have you decided to be? And purpose in his heart, not reluctantly or sorrowfully or under compulsion. For God loves. This is the scripture that changed my life. Somebody say, preach, girl. This is the scripture that changed my life. It says that God loves. He takes pleasure in, prizes above other things, and is unwilling to abandon or do without a cheerful, joyous, prompt-to-do giver whose heart is in her giving. That's me. He talking about me in that scripture. I don't know if he talking about you, but he talking about me in this scripture. I'm going to slow down. I'm going to read it again. This is why I love the Amplified version of it. It says, for God loves. He takes pleasure in. He prizes above other things and is unwilling to abandon or do without this type of giver. A cheerful, joyous, prompt-to-do giver whose heart is in his giving. That verse broke lack off of my life. I read this verse every day for over a year. That God was unwilling. You mean, wait, wait, wait. And this is what I started to say. You can make yourself indispensable to God. You can make, wait a minute, put that in the comments. I can make myself indispensable to God. How can I make myself indispensable to God? Because when God is going to meet a need on the earth, how in, who is he going to use? People. So you mean to tell me that if I pass the choke level test, and obey God, I can make myself indispensable to God, that he starts funneling heaven's resources to me because God can't afford for me to be broke. You, you didn't hear what I said. You didn't hear what I said. See, God is looking for somebody. He And I've, I've watched the Marlowe's do it. I've watched the Valleys do it. I have watched the Vons do it. I have watched the Williams do it. Where literally you say, I will make myself indispensable to God. And then God will say, Ralph, I can't let, I, God will say to the prosperity angels, we can't let Ralph be broke. Why can't we let Ralph be broke? Because every time I send him on a mission, he'll do it. That's why you can't afford to eat your seed. Now, I'm going to say this right here, and it may sting a little bit. Some of you are like, why don't I have seed? You had it, but you, you treated it like bread. In every harvest, there is more seed. 
The challenge for a lot of people is that when you get increased, you don't remember that you're a sower. So you consume all of your increase on yourself. And this is really how you will know, because I want you to know the, the, the practical ways we know this. We sold so much that God had to start telling us we could keep it. Now, because because I want you I want you to hear this. If God is still having to ask you to give it, we ain't the same. Literally, Pastor Edwin and I give so much that the Lord literally has to tell us, no, that was for you. No, that was for you. Okay, let me give you some examples. Y'all remember a couple of years ago when everybody got together and I think it was a Father's Day round for Pastor Ellen's birthday and he wanted that bike? And that bike was five or $6,000 and everybody put their money together to buy that bike and he turned around and gave the entire amount to the scholarship fund? I was mad at him. I was like, babe, buy the bike. He was like, nope, I'm going to give it to the scholarship fund. I'll get the bike later. And then he ended up getting a better bike that was the same price as the first bike that y'all had paid for. Because he was like, no, I just want to ask you, is that the kind of per person you purpose to be? Let's keep going. I'm able, he, say, he takes pleasure in, he prizes above other things. He is unwilling to abandon a uh, or do without. Wait a minute, does the scripture say he is unwilling to do without this kind of giver? So what's stopping you from becoming this kind of giver? The wind. What's stopping you from becoming this kind of giver? And I think that this is one of the big challenges in the body of Christ is that People read these scriptures and they think they qualify because they read it. You only qualify because you obey it. It's just like this. You can read Romans 10 and 9 and 10 all day long. But until you do it, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you not say. So what happens is, is that, for example, a popular scripture, don't go there, Marlo. A popular scripture is when they say, um, my God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. If you read that in context, that promises to a sower. If you ain't a sower, you don't qualify. Now, people don't like it because they want to cherry pick scriptures, especially the ones that tell you you're going to be blessed. If you look in Psalms and it says wealth and riches should be in your house, back that thing up a couple of verses. What it tells you is that wealth and riches should be in the house of those that fear the Lord. You don't fear the Lord. You don't qualify. Yes, I do, Pastor John. I qualify. I fear the Lord. You don't. You don't obey in your sowing. You don't fear the Lord. You don't qualify. The promise is to those who obey. Everybody has access, but God won't make you the exception. And one of the most frustrating things about teaching prosperity is how many believers will hear the teaching and stay broke. Did you hear what I just said? How many believers will hear the teaching and stay broke because you don't think you have to obey God? You think you can declare. I'm going to say this. I'm going to keep on saying this. You cannot find a scripture in this Bible that tells you to pray for money. 
You're praying for money. Where your ask your ask, ask your friend say where your seed. Where your seed. Somebody sent releases a word. You're gonna prosper. I believe I receive. Where your seed. And the truth of it is, is that if you really understood the power of a seed that should be attached when you receive a prophetic word, you stop running around the 37 broadcasts receiving everybody prophetic word every day because you're not finna sow that much. No, where's your seed? When somebody says, I, the other day, I, I the Lord gave me a word and he, and, and it was to, um, some, I said it to y'all today, but I said it. I didn't say it as a word like this, what the Lord said to me, but I said to some of my people, I said, the spirit of the Lord said, um, um, you think he's going to do it by your salary, but he's going to do it by your seed. I believe I received. Okay, great. But that ain't how you receive in the kingdom. And this is where people are really messed up because you're confessing wealth and riches should be in my house. Not if you don't fear the Lord, you are confessing. Um, my God will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory, but you are not sowing. It doesn't apply to you. And I don't care. I owe you enough. I was thinking about this the other day because people were saying, passion, you always cut us with your words. And I was thinking about this. You know what the Bible actually says about the word of God? It said it is sharper than any two-edged sword and it divides the soul and the spirit. The truth of it is, is that when we are in error, the word should cut us, not to kill us, but to heal us. Tell your neighbor, the cut of the word is to heal you, not to kill you. All right, let's keep going. Verse eight. We're going to stop with verse 8, and then we're going to go to Isaiah 119, and then we're going to quit for today. Now, I want to read verse, I'm sorry, Ralph. Let me read verse 7 again. Let me read verse 7, and we're going to go straight into 8, okay? It says, let each one give as he is made up in his own mind and purpose in his heart, not reluctantly or sorrowfully or under compulsion for God loves Oh, that blesses me. He takes pleasure in and he prizes above other things and is unwilling to do without a joyous, prompt to do giver whose heart is in his giving. I want to remind you, I want to train you with something like this. When the Lord tells you to give, move immediately. And I want you to hear this. Let's say that the Lord tells you to sow a thousand dollars. And you don't have a thousand dollars, but you got 50. So that 50, I'm telling you, you better learn how to be a quick prompt to do giver. When somebody says to you, when the Lord says to you, hey, um, buy your coworker lunch, you better learn immediately. You better learn to move immediately. Why? Because if you don't move immediately, the wind is going to talk you out of obedience. Now let's go to verse eight. And God, this God part. Now verse seven is your part. What kind of giver you going to be? But verse 8 is God part. And God is able to make all grace. Somebody say all grace. Every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be self-sufficient. I don't think y'all reading the same Bible that I'm reading because I don't feel your energy. It says, wait a minute, if you will purpose to be this kind of giver, God is able to make 
all grace. And then it tells us what all grace is, every favor and earthly blessing. Because sometimes I'm going to need favor and sometimes I'm going to need money and sometimes I'm going to need both. He says, but the favor and the blessing is going to come to you how? In abundance. Somebody shout in abundance. And then it tells you why it's going to come to you in abundance. That you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be self-sufficient. Keep going. Possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. That ain't nothing but Luke 6 and 38. Given it shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. All he did was, all Paul did was say what Jesus said, that if you give, God is going to cause men to give into your bosom, good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. And then what God come back and says through the apostle Paul, and God is able to make all grace. Passion, I don't know how I'm going to get to the huddle. All grace. I don't know how I'm going to pay this house off. All grace. I don't know how I'm going to. I saw somebody say earlier, I got a garnishment. I don't know how I'm going to get this garnishment. All grace. All grace, every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance. So I want to challenge you. Those of you that are seeing trickle of harvest, you're not there yet. Keep sowing. Because the measure of harvest is abundance. His desire is abundance. God's desire for you is abundance. And I'm going to tell you this. If you don't make a decision to believe this in Matthew 13, I believe, or Mark 4, 1, the parable of sowers, it says that whatever words you don't believe immediately, the enemy comes to steal it. So if you reject this and you say, well, Pastor you don't know how much student loan I have. And Pastor you don't know that I'm a single parent. And Pastor you don't know that I don't have no education. Can I tell y'all something? Seed time and harvest levels the playing field. In the world, your education matters. In the world, your gender matters. In the world, your marital status matters. Your color matters. But baby, let me tell you something. In the kingdom, seed time and harvest, seed time and harvest levels the playing field. What I could not do as a black woman in the world, I can do as a kingdom citizen. All right, y'all. This is some good teaching. Now, first of all, you need to sow your life to the Lord. Because in Genesis, in, in, in 2 Corinthians 8, it says before any of this works, before any of this work, they first had to give themselves to the Lord. The reason people struggle to get a money to the Lord is they haven't given themselves to the Lord. And what do I mean? I don't mean you're not saved and you're not going to heaven. I mean um, that you still think you're responsible for you. That you still think that you're responsible for you. I'm not responsible for me. I can't even afford me. I can't afford me. And nobody taught me better than that between, except between Canaan and Edwin. Canaan be like, I can't afford him. Canaan got a job. Canaan like, I can't afford myself. So I'm going to lean on my daddy. And so that's the word that I want to give you. We're going to be teaching about this for a while. And the reason we're going to be teaching about this a while is because I assume that you live right. I'm going to talk to you like you live right. 
because wealth and riches should be in your house. So I got to start talking to you like based on who you are, that you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, sending this earth on purpose for a purpose, and that you're supposed to be a distribution center. And I can't get you to be a distribution center if I keep having to talk to you about sleeping with Joe. If you sleeping with Joe, stop. You already know you shouldn't be sleeping with Joe. Stop it. So just stop. And let's work on the things that we need to be working on. Somebody said, I heard somebody say, money isn't that big a deal. Baby, let me tell you something. Money can't get you to heaven, but money saved you this month. And I'm going to prove it to you. Money is the only reason you still live in the place you live in. Money is the only reason you still got a car. Don't get it twisted. One of the things Pastor Edwin and I say, money is not the most important thing, but it touches everything that is important. So who's leveling up this week? You like, Passion, I got this. We go keep going in this. So I'm going to give myself to the Lord. If you need to give your life to the Lord, you can text the text line and you say, I want to give my life to the Lord. You can send an email to one, I mean, a, a messenger to one of our intercessors. I want to give my life to the Lord. I want to come back. I want to come back home because I'm tired of being out here in these streets. I want to be a partner of Fellowship of Champions. I want to be a partner. No, the Bible not only says money answereth all things, the Bible also says money is a defense. Wisdom is a defense and money is a defense. And the message translation says, and it's better if you got them both together. So, and then it's your opportunity to give today. It's your opportunity to give. I'm excited. This, can y'all see why this scripture made me excited to give? Today's Ivy birthday. Y'all tell Ivy happy birthday. We give through Givelify, push, pay, tithely. We don't give under compulsion. We don't give sorrowfully. We don't give reluctantly. We give because God makes all grace abound to our account. If you're an international partner, you can use PayPal at FOC Church, NWA um, at Gmail. And I'm just going to tell you, don't you never eat your seed again. Every time God give you something, you break a little piece off and you give. You break a little piece off and you give. Why? Because when that cloud be full, remember this, this we're going to show our age. It's going to rain on your head. When them clouds get full, it's going to rain on your head. And you'll be looking at your life just like me and Pastor Ellen saying, even with the money we make, we know we don't live this way because of what we make. We live this way because of our seed. We stand in awe every year at what God does in our lives because he does exceeding abundantly above. If I remember correctly in Amos, it says something like this. Things go happen so fast. Hey, things go happen so fast. See, things may be happening slow now, but to the person who won't give up, cave in and quit, baby, you go get to that point and things go happen so fast, your head go spin. Blessings on top of blessings. If you just won't be distracted by the wind, if you just won't let the wind get you to disobey, if you just won't let the wind of your children to get you to eat your seed, baby, you will live in a place and you will be turned around saying, I just can't even understand how God did it all. Ain't that part of the prophecy? Things will happen so fast your head will speak. That's the blessing I release over you. Father, every one of our partners that is in agreement with this word and operating in this word, I declare Amos 9, things go happen so fast. Good things go happen so fast. Favor go happen so fast. 
fast. Our heads are going to spin. It's going to be so many testimonies coming in for Fellowship of Champions. We can't even read them all. Then literally by the time Brenda posts, then Etoy posts, then Trina posts, then Latoya posts, then Darius posts. It's just going to be blessings on top of blessings on top of blessings. Why? Because we have chosen to live as sowers and make ourselves indispensable to God for the kingdom of God. Amen. I am done today. Listen, don't y'all forget it's um, pastor's appreciation. We want you to be a blessing to Pastor Ralph this week. He has been such a tremendous blessing to us. It's our shout out week for him. Um, and so we just love you guys so much. Want to remind you of all of our weekly activities. You know what they are. Strategies for success with me on Monday at noon. Ed talk with Pastor Edwin at noon on Tuesday. We have prayer on Wednesday at 7 p.m. Central. Then we have Pastor Ralph at 8 p.m. And then we have Ignite at 7.15 p.m. And then we have prayer at 6.30 a.m. on Friday. And then we have Pastor Chris and Elder Valley at 9 o'clock. And then we come back right here. And let me tell you something. For everybody who go listen to us, if you will follow us, you will come up out of poverty. Poverty going to be a thing of your past. You go live under the all grace anointing. I'm telling you, if you'll stick with us, if you won't get offended, if you'll walk this thing out, if you'll obey God, I'm telling you, you'll look back on your life and you'll be like, hey, nobody but God have done that. Well, all right. I hope y'all have an amazing day. All right. God bless you.